The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. I don't know where the dividing line is between... Middle age and old age, I'm going to find out inevitably. As each month goes by, I remember less and less of it. Um, I was going to say something else, and now I've completely lost track of it. No corrective lenses. Wow. I can't make out what it is. What does it say? I can't see it. Not bad for an old man. Oh, no, this is going to be used against me. I can't see. I'm old. Not a boy, old timer. 58 coming in hot. Yeah. yeah just wait. Woo. It's coming for you, too. The only problem is I'll be 15 years older when it happens. I know. That's the problem. Yeah, that's right. I get to enjoy all the young punks get old, but that makes me even older. I'll be sitting back in my rocking chair saying, yeah, yeah, you're old, but I'm still 15. But I'm really old. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, happy birthday, though, man. Seriously. Uh, you're a great partner. Love working with you. So I uh, hope you have a great day. You got anything planned? Anything special tonight? No. No? I never do. Nothing? I, I mean, never do. All right. Well, Jill, no. your your son, I mean, a few people going to come over? Are you going to pour an extra few inches of 1942 tonight for yourself? How is it going to go down today? Come on. You got to do something to celebrate. First, first of all, first of all. You've known me long enough to know I don't like people, especially only five days after my patio was full of them for graduation <laughs> party. So this week is all about not being around people uh. other than the people who have to be around me, uh. my family. <laughs> we'll have a nice dinner tonight. I'd like to just go buy some steaks and cook them. My wife is suggesting that I let her go pick up steaks from a local restaurant so I don't have to cook them. I don't mind cooking them. I enjoy the cooking process, so we need to work that out today. But it's going to be relaxing. It's going to be rejuvenating. It's going to be reflecting. And then get busy living or get busy dying. That's my motto taken from the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, I think both Red and Andy said it at some point. 
and then they end up at Zaywat Neho together at the end of the movie. I think we have another but, quote but for your tombstone, too, though, I mean, that you gave this morning on your 58th birthday. That was a great gift. I mean, we, of course, we have the video of Aaron Rodgers saying, don't listen to that crap, right? And we got a few other quotes. But I'm Mike Florio, I'm 58, one? and I don't like people. That, that's a good one, too. <laughs> uh, I, think you, I think you should put that on there. That will that'll mean a lot to the people who are standing over your grave. <laughs> he, didn't like, he didn't like people. Why are yeah, you standing yeah. over him right now? <laughs> yeah, please go away. <laughs> please, please leave. Yes. Uh, uh, born 1965, died God knows when. Please leave. Okay. Um, but, yeah, hey, look. I came to terms with this a long time ago. I've probably said this sitting in this chair at some point, and I fail to recall it. The best way to get perspective on living your life is Tuesdays with Maury, the Mitch album book from some 25 years ago. I was in my early 30s when I read it, and it just just clicked. It just snapped. We all have the path, and millions, billions, maybe eventually trillions will have done that same path and you do what you can with what you have and you get one trip and it's going to happen to all of us and you get old if you're lucky that's the way i look at it i think back to the clip from the 98 viking season when a bears defensive back was calling chris carter oh, man right and i his remember response that was yeah his response was every night when you go to bed you should get on your knees and pray that you're playing football when you're my age that's so right. I, that, that stuck with me, and that's from 98. That's been 25 years. Yeah. So, you know, you just you, you live your life, and you, and you try to do everything you can that you want to do, that you can do, and you hope that when it's all said and done, you feel like you've done enough. Yeah, that's right. I hear you there. Said by a guy who never wants to leave his house. Well, that's, that's – <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, you brought up 98. You know, you want to stay in your house. You're wearing your Viking sweatshirt today. I mean, you'd like to see sometime before you turn 88 – Maybe the Vikings win a Super happen. Bowl, that or something I like that. Accept you know? it. All right, fine. Well, I'll accept it with you. I, I accept. I, I accept that my son will be watching the next Super Bowl the Vikings are in at my tombstone that says, "I don't like people. Please go away." <laughs> with the solar powered Aaron Rodgers on a loop, guys like Mike Florio, don't waste your time reading crap like that over and over into infinity. That's that's uh, how it'll be. I just hope it's. It's him and not his kid who <laughs> doing the, you know, the two for one. Uh, hopefully at some point in the next 150 years, there will be someone in the bloodline that gets a chance to enjoy it while sitting at the tombstone of the descendant. Are you a buried guy? Uh, happy happy we're on that in this happy note, we're on Dr. Doom. Are you a buried guy? A oh my God. Guy? Where are you, going? I don't, you know, you're 58. You know, you just, you got to think about these things. got to get it organized on the back of your license or your organ donor. I'd like to know some of these things about you. 58 year old man. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I, it's something I haven't really thought about. <laughs> I, I don't like the idea of being put into a furnace, even if I am dead. That, to me, just in case, just in case, you know, you never know. Like, I don't want to wake up from a coma in a furnace. So that's probably not something I'm thinking of, of doing. And and look, one, one of the various books I've written over the last three years, the protagonist addresses this, and it kind of popped into my head as he was resolving this issue you want to have something that your kids can come visit 
not an urn. I hear you. And so this, I mean, I don't like the idea. Just like I, I worry about like where does all the garbage go? Like at some point, you you are going to run out of places to bury the dead. And the cemetery where my parents are buried, like when you drive into it, it's all these stones that have been there for a hundred years. Like nobody's coming to see those. I, I know just there. That's why and I lean towards cremation because of that. You know, and it, I think about you. Like, you sure you wouldn't want your ashes spread on Chateau de Florio there, where you know you had so many great times on the hill and around all those no, people on no, your pool patio no. and all that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's gonna be at, it's gonna be at your at your uh, property because then I'll finally move to Connecticut. That'll <laughs> okay, be fine. That, there we go. That'll be cool. Yeah. All right. Good. The ghost <laughs> of Florio will be walking around the barn in, in Connecticut. I like it. I'm surprised that you're not a body farm guy. Have you ever seen this where people donate their bodies to just go naturally decompose on the ground somewhere oh. with, you know, insects and worms i'd be and, that guy i would be vultures I, if, if, if my like, family wanted na- just like they study that they study the body during the natural decomposition process oh that's interesting i mean i am a guy like you don't if, if i was to be buried like i don't even want to be put in a coffin just dig a hole and throw me in there and let the natural process happen that's kind of how i do feel but i don't know how i feel about like being a science experiment, that's maybe a little bit different that I'd have to think about that one there. But I, I do think I've gotten to the point where I'm pretty content with no, I'm not going to be buried in with a coffin and a gravestone and all that. I think I'm, I'm going to Captain Planet. I can't do that. So I, I got to stay true to who I am. Cemeteries do eventually get cleared out, according to Pete. The catacombs of Paris are underground ossuaries which hold the remains of more than 6 million people in a small part of a tunnel network built to consolidate Paris's ancient stone quarries. Right. The ossuary was mm. created as part of the effort to eliminate the city's overflowing cemeteries. <coughs> Good Lord, could you imagine going into a place like that? No. So, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I you know, I'm going to delay that decision as long as I possibly can and hope that at the appropriate time, I'll know. Yeah, or I got it'll you. be too late and somebody else can figure it out. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. All right, you're a little cold down there. The smoke kind of kind of cleared out here a little bit today. It's still smoky as hell here in our area, but not as bad like yesterday where it looked like we were in the middle of like a cloud or fog. Uh, so that that's a, a positive up here. At least it, I hope it's on its way and moving out of the area here. I know what I'm going to do today. You mentioned drinking some 1942. Yeah. What I'm going to do right after the show is go get my bottle. I have a fresh bottle that's been sitting there for a while just because I like to drink it in the summertime, and I bought it last summer, and it hasn't been hot enough for me to sit outside and sip it. But but after the show ends, I'm going to go get it. My sister sent me a, a mold for the, 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 the big sphere ice, that big clumpy yeah. Like perfect round. Right. And I'm going to pour some of that and I'm going to put on cable news. And anytime anyone says apocalyptic, I'm taking a drink and I will be dead by 2 p.m. If I if Is I that everybody that. was saying because on that that, was that the is word the, of the word night? of the day. Right. I mean, right. and I understand that it's accurate, but there's a point where somebody's got to tell these people enough with the apocalyptic. I love Morning Joe. They said it three times in the first 90 seconds. We get it. <laughs> Come up with something else. It's apocalyptic. And I don't want to pick on them because I love them and I watch it every day. But everywhere you turn, yeah. it's apocalyptic, apocalyptic, apocalyptic. We get it. The sky's orange. I understand. It's dystopian. 
come up with something else. I though. Know. It was, but, but you're right. It was the weird of the. It was the word of the day. It, but it, it it was kind of that way. I mean, we couldn't see the sky for the most part of the day. You know, I mean, when you're, you know, Yankees games getting canceled, kids can't have practice, can't go outside for, you know, recess. That's where it just was like, man. What are we doing? And you know, and a lot of this, of course, is self-inflicted, or at least in you know induced by our issues. Canadian, yeah, it's Canada's fault. Well, it's Canada's fault, but we know it's all of ours for all of our fault, a. and that's a, a, a. And, yeah, uh, and it's it's weird. But I hear you. The apocalyptic word came out of my mouth a few times yesterday too, so I, I can't be too mad. Apparently, now that smell, that campfire smell, is like in the buildings. It, it's in our it's in our yeah, house. Like you can't yeah. get away from it. So there was pi- parts yesterday where I was like, I I haven't been outside, but I got a little bit of a headache, and yeah, it, you you could feel it. I could feel it in my throat a little bit, and then yeah, when I got home in my house yesterday, I, I mean, I I could I certain wind or whatever. Doesn't your nose get used to it though. You get used to it a little. You do. To smells. You do. You definitely. Your nose do. gets desensitized. It, it does. I got. I got. A, I got a story. I got a story about nose desensitization. That since it's my birthday, I'm going to go ahead and tell it. Do you want to hear it? it? It's too late. I'm going to tell it. Okay. 1992. Okay. Practicing law in Pittsburgh, and you know I'm going through that adjusting to your life. You eat differently. There isn't as much time to work out. I was kind of chained to the desk. The firm I was working for was very go, go, billable hours. Got to work, got to work, got to work. So you start putting on a little weight. So I was looking for different ways to try to lose some weight and get back down to, you know, the fighting weight like I am now. Like yeah. my, the life I lead now, I can work out. I can watch my diet. You know, I'm not out, you know, tempted by restaurants for lunch every day. That was the problem. My wife and I were both practicing in Pittsburgh, and we'd end up going to all these restaurants, having this huge lunch, and then have a huge dinner. And, you know, the weight starts creeping up. So I was trying anything I could. And there was a diet that, that was founded on, like, eating a lot of bananas. Okay? And... And so I'm eating a lot of bananas. And and the bananas were having a certain impact on my digestive system. Uh, uh, that, no, you know, really? I no, I no, so, really? So so uh, so anyway, I didn't know nobody told me. They always say beans, nobody says bananas. So so I'm in my office and 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 I'm I'm a door closed like in an office setting. I'm a door closed guy cuz I can't get any work done if the door's open because people come in and they want to talk and I'm I'm like come on in, let's talk. I'd rather talk than work. So I'm I'm in there working throughout the course of the day and uh, having my bananas and, and you know I'm busy and I'm doing my thing and secretary's bringing stuff in and out all day long coming in opening the door closing the door walking out out and, and you know it's fine and three in the afternoon a friend of mine stops in he opens the door and he says you been farting <laughs> and, and it's like what and I I can't smell it. And my poor secretary all day long. I'm surprised she wasn't wearing a gas oh mask by the end gosh. of the day. But oh, my God. God love her. She never said a word. <laughs> Man, that's... She a... never said a word. Maybe her nose got sensitized. Desensitized yeah, apparently, too. it did. It did. She did. Very desensitized. Jeez. Well, I mean, well, how old were you then? 1992, you said? Gosh, well, you're... 31 years ago. 31 years ago. 27. If you could have a day like that then, then who knows what you'll be like when you get 68 or 78. Who knows? Jeez, it's scary thoughts. Just don't come <laughs> in my office. Yeah. Another reason to stay away. Yes. Another reason to there stay away. There you go. Florio, the fumigator. it's funny. <laughs> all these years later, I never eat bananas. I had my fill of that bananas was it. in 1992. Yeah. I- and uh, that uh, that that uh, impact that I was not quite aware of. My wife always has bananas around. She doesn't like eat them excessively, but they're always around. I never 
ever eat them. Yeah, not a banana guy. Not a fruit guy in general for me. I think we've discussed this before. I don't really mess with fruit much. Although there is something in bananas that's good for you. Is it potassium? potassium. Like if you get a deficiency, yeah. it can yeah. really mess you up. So maybe I should Potassium is where it's good. Yeah, that's, that's right. All right, let's go. Let's talk about All some right. ball. Yeah. Yeah, we start with me turning 58 and we end on potassium deficiencies. Okay, uh, let's get to it. Where are we? Oh, DeAndre Hopkins. He is now nine days in officially to free agency, 13 days into us knowing he was going to be available. First visit to the Tennessee Titans. Here's Coach Mike Vrabel and Titans receiver Traylon Burks on the impending visit by DeAndre Hopkins. The first thing is we want players that want to be here. You know, I think we want want people that want to be here, and then we'll work through anything else. And so, you know, we brought in a bunch of different players. Um, DeAndre will be somebody that we'll bring in next week, early next week, at the end of this week, and um, you know, go through the same visit that we go through with everybody, and then you know, start the process. With a visit like that, like what can you pull from that visit? I mean, is it a recruiting opportunity, or like how how, do, how do, does that benefit you? Um, you know, I mean, I'm past the recruiting. I, I did that at, at, in college. You know, I mean, I think that, again, would really just want people that want to be here. And then if that works out, then you go on to the next step. That's something that I can't control. Uh, he's an awesome player, great player. It um, would be fun to play with him. So, uh, you know, if we end up getting him, then we get him. If we don't, then we don't. But um, no offense to him, he's a great player. But um, I'm just glad. I'm li- I like playing with who we have here. Yeah, no offense to him, but I like being the guy who's potentially the number one. Stay away from my gig. That was my takeaway from Traylon Burks. He doesn't want DeAndre Hopkins there, so it's not exactly the red carpet being rolled out. And I'm I'm just curious as to as to why he's starting there. That does not seem like a leading candidate for his services. I feel like though he's got to start somewhere. And I think his agent, and this is one of the big points I made when Lamar Jackson was representing himself and still is obviously, but your agent is there not just to negotiate with the other teams to get you the best possible deal. Your agent is there to tell you the difficult things that no one else will tell you, such as I know you'll want X. Yeah. You ain't getting it. Right. Right. So we got to go out here and we got to work this a little bit and we got to see what's there and we got to get people to put their best number on the table, even if it falls, falls short of what you want. Nobody is clamoring. Nobody is beating down the door. Nobody is rushing to try to get you for any price that they would have to pay. So we got to put in some work here and we got to go around and see what's out there and we have to see where you're comfortable because at the end of the day, The money may be not so much different from one team to the other that other factors will be important to you. So I don't know why Tennessee's the first place. I would be surprised if that's where he signs. But you got to start somewhere. Yeah, you do. Uh, I'm with you. A little bit shocked or surprised when I was like, man, the Titans, wow, okay. And I think there's a few things that I found kind of interesting about that match or possible match or marriage. One, we've discussed this a few times, right? The, uh, they're, they're just two years out of the Julio Jones experiment, experiment, which didn't go well, right? And not to say that, you know, this is exactly the same, but it's it's somewhat the same. Uh, and and we know, I, I think we both know, that Mike Vrabel wasn't a huge fan of that move to begin with. So now here we're going to replicate kind of the same move once again. You know, now, how much you pay him, and you don't have to trade for him this time. So that certainly helps. But that that is what I found interesting. 
Then the second part of it, Mike, is what Vrabel said, like to just start about started on like want we want people to be here. I, I don't I, I kind of took that as like, hey, yeah, Hopkins is good, but almost like, does he want to be here? He's made all these videos talking about the teams he wants to be with and the quarterbacks he wants to play with, and our quarterback wasn't named. So are we sure he wants to be here and be a part of that? Those are two things that jumped out to me, and that's where I found it odd that Tennessee was in this, but Tennessee is desperate too, where they, they you know, quite arguably have the worst receiving court in football. In fact, it's, it's not arguable. It, it is the worst receiving court in football. So I had a few things, Mike, that I found kind of interesting about you know, this possible marriage or connection we got going here. And really, if DeAndre Hopkins sees the clip of Traylon Burks, that doesn't make him, I don't know, or maybe his attitude is, well, sit down, kid. I'm going to come show you how it's done. You had your chance to make the Titans not want a guy like me last year. I'll come in and I'll take over. Now, if you're the Titans, I don't know that you want that kind of attitude and that kind of potential conflict in the locker room. But the message to me was pretty clear. You're right. Mike Vrabel seems ambivalent and Traylon Burke seems downright hostile to the possibility of DeAndre Hopkins being on. Well, it's always a weird spot for like a young guy like that. One, yeah, like you're saying, all right, he wants to be the man. So he's kind of like, wait, why? I, I, I think I can be it. I want them to have confidence. I didn't get the fa- feel that he was like totally anti it. But what also happens, and you can put yourself in his shoes, you don't, you, you, you like the guys you're with in the locker room too, to where you, you feel bad about, oh, yeah, it'd be awesome to get here because you know one of the guys that in your locker might be next to might be out on the street the next day. So that's the uncomfortable situation that players are put in with this type of conversation. They're, they're like, ah, oh, yeah, he's a great player, and, you know, they want to say we'd love to have him here and do that. And then they're also thinking about their teammates in the locker room. And then, yeah, a little bit of selfishness or, wait, why do we want him here? I want to be the man. That can all creep in there. They definitely have a need there. But, yeah, this is one that I, I don't typically see being a Tennessee Titan type of move. And, yeah, does DeAndre Hopkins actually want to be there? That doesn't really line up with the things he's talked about as far as finding a team here uh, to set himself up for a new contract. There is a history between Vrabel and Hopkins. They were both with the Houston Texans yeah. from 2014 through 2017. Also, also, this gets back to the whole benefit of having an agent thing. We talked about this when Lamar Jackson was in position to potentially have other teams show interest in him, even if it wasn't real. It was just, hey, can you do me a favor? I don't know anything about the relationship between DeAndre Hopkins' new agent and Rand Carthon, the new GM of the Titans, yeah. but this could just be a help me get, get the lawnmower started. I, I agree with you there, Please. too. Right. I thought Please. about that as well. Do something. Right. Do something to, to legitimize yeah. that there's enough interest out there so DeAndre Hopkins can say yes, because there may be an attitude by teams, we're not bringing this guy in because we know he wants too much money, so why waste our time? Why create an expert expectation in our fan base That's the that biggest we're going to sign him right. when we know we're not going to come close to what he wants? So please, can you help help me convince these other teams that they should just bring him in and hear him out? I, 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 I don't doubt that that's what's going on. If you made me put down money in Vegas on how the situation's unfolding, that's how I would. That's how I look at it. You know that there's a little bit of a yeah. You know, a, 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 a camaraderie or a handshake here. Get him in the building. Let's can you can you help me out here? Is there a prior relationship? Can we get some buzz going for the guy and maybe create a market? But I think you're exactly right. Teams that may be legitimately interested, 
it seems, you know, testing the waters and people I know in the NFL that, yeah, the, the, they're scared of the money situation. They're scared of what might be down the road. They're scared of what he is physically. And I think teams don't want to put those expectations because the media right now, or I don't want to say the media, but fan bases for the most part hear DeAndre Hopkins and they still think, oh, he's one of the best receivers in football. We want him. And that's not the case. Still good but not best receivers in football, and you're right. There might be a, hamps- or a a huge price tag that goes along with this to get it, and that's where teams don't want to be stuck with that and create the public perception of, oh, we got to sign him, we got to sign him, we got to sign him, and they want to go, well, yeah, but he wants this, much amount, this amount of money, and he ain't worth it, and I think that is probably where the rubber beats the road in this conversation a little too. And, and look, I don't like trafficking in the negative stuff that we hear and that we see from anonymous sources about guys, but you and I know enough people to know it's inescapable. His the reputation guy is doesn't not great. Practice, right. guy, yes. guy doesn't practice right. bad teammate stuff. He's got to do something to counter that. And this is where having a good agent can help you because the agent is aware of all that stuff. If the agent has people who is willing to be candid with the agent, the agent is well aware of what's being said. Doesn't practice, not a great teammate. I got to reverse that. I got to change that perception. I got to get him out there in front of some of these people so they can see that he's ready to commit to doing what needs to be done in order to get this guy not just the best possible offer, but any opportunity. Yeah. It may just be the team say, sorry, too many negatives here. We don't want to go down this path, and we don't want a guy who settles for something far less than what he wants because then he's going to come in here. He's going to have a stick up his butt. That's right. He's going to be unhappy right. that he didn't get what he wanted, and then when he starts playing well, he's going to be banging on the door for more money. We just don't want to. We don't want to introduce those dynamics into our locker room. Yeah, I, I think that's real. And, and whether it's you know whether it's actually real or not, listen, that's that's the perception that's out there. And then I think there is you know some realness to that too from from people. You know, I think both you and I have talked to. You, you hear teams like you know you, you see New England. They're talking about oh those that fan base up there. Are you crazy? That's not going to happen. Billy O'Brien's the offensive coordinator. You know that's where I'm a little surprised by this. Right, we know enough to know that there seemed to be friction between DeAndre Hopkins and Billy O'Brien. That was real, like everybody talks about it. Mike Vrabel was there in Houston. He's part of that New England regime. That's where you know I was kind of studying his body language too, to the point you were saying, does he really want this, or is this the agent and the the GM kind of doing a favor, or are they that desperate that they'll do it? But, I mean, let's not forget that, yeah, Vrabel is friends with Billy O'Brien, was on that staff, part of the New England regime, and Billy O'Brien, I mean, got roasted for what he traded DeAndre Hopkins away for because I think Houston and Billy O'Brien couldn't take DeAndre Hopkins anymore. And they traded him for the running back that I can't remember his damn name right now, number 31 in the Cardinals, right? But there was... There was that issue there. David Johnson. David Johnson. Boom. Thank you, Michael. Um, but yeah, so that that's where I found the whole Tom Cruise whole thing, <laughs> whole thing kind of interesting as well. <laughs> Dawson's Creek. That's uh, um, that's from the Office, the dinner party episode. By the way, speaking of Dawson's Creek, did you see that Inside the NFL is going to be on the CW? What the <laughs> hell is that? I did. Wouldn't you just cancel it before you put it on the CW? No disrespect to the CW, and for all I know, NBC owns it. But what in the world, how the mighty have fallen 
What is the CW? I've never watched the CW, and I'm probably not in their target demographic. But when I saw that yesterday, I was like, good Lord, is this something from The Onion? The, 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 you know, well, how'd you know Dawson Creek was on it, though? How'd you know that? Because somebody, somebody said from Dawson's <laughs> Creek to Dawson's, uh, Dawson Fox, and, and, and I know, and, and I don't watch it, but I know that that was the, that was the, uh, uh, line from Jim when yeah. they're playing this stupid, weird game of charades where, I don't know, but regardless, <laughs> he blurts out Dawson's Creek at some point. So from Dawson's Creek to Dawson Knox, somebody said that on Twitter yesterday and I thought it was funny. But yeah, and, and it sounds like they're just getting rid of everybody. They're probably going to run it cheap. They're probably going to try to skew younger. But I, I'm sorry, that's not on our, our agenda, but I just thought of it now. And again, birthday privilege. But I, I just like, why bother? Why bother? Why cling to this property that has outlived its usefulness and try to square peg into a round hole this thing on the CW? And what is it going to be? The, the time for that show has come and gone. Back in 1977, you only saw a couple of games a week. Yep. There was no way to rewatch games. There right. was no Sunday ticket where you could watch. This was your way to see an extended look. No doubt. At what what happened. And it was useful. It was indispensable. It went from indispensable to useful to obsolete. So I don't know what they're planning to do with it on Dawson's Creek's network, but the CW coming this fall, Tuesday, September 5, 8 p.m. <laughs> Eastern. Tune in if you know where it is. To see the CW and inside the NFL. All right, sorry. It was the home of live. Go- it was the home of live golf. Think too. of that. I, I I don't know either, but yeah. you're right. It, it is. It's uh, short live golf. How aw- uh, I was obsessed with inside the NFL growing up, though. I mean, obsessed. Uh, I knew it. It came on on what Tuesdays, right? I think growing up, and then there was like a rerun it on Thursdays at like 9 p.m. And if I didn't catch that. It came on at Saturdays at 11 a.m., and I was going to watch it like because of what you said. You, know, you only saw two or three games maybe the whole week. You wanted to see the highlights of some of those other ones, and if you didn't cre- catch Chris Berman and what he did, this was the next best thing going. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it'll be a little different seeing it on CW. Something Warner, I'm guessing, right? Is that what CW stands for? I don't know. It's the CW. That's all I know. <laughs> WTF on the CW. All right. Uh, so uh, let's do this. Yeah. Given that Traylon Burks is the guy in Tennessee for yeah. now, and if they don't get DeAndre Hopkins, he's the guy who needs to step up. A little pop-up draft of second-year receivers who need to step up. I'll give you the first selection. Well, I don't think there's any doubt it's him, right? I mean, I almost feel not even fair. The, the, the Traylon Burks is – by far and away, the guy that needs to step up. We just talked about it. Uh, they're, they're, they're talking about dusting off a, a tenure NFL receiver because they don't have anybody there, and they're going to try to make him the man. It's the worst receiving core in football. I think it's fair to say that. I don't mean to be a jerk by it. I just think that's the facts of the reality. So, And then he was. they traded A.J. Brown away in the same year they drafted him. And, of course, year one was underwhelming. So, yeah, I think Traylon Burks is the guy that we're all going to look at to go, wait, can he help this Titans team? And can he, you know, show that he was worth that first-round pick? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm going to say George Pickens because when you look at at his numbers last year, 801 yards, 52 catches, he's better than that. He appeared in all 17 games last season. He needs to perform at a higher level because the talent suggests production much greater than that. They need to lean on him this year. Kenny Pickett settling in. Pickett and Pickens tied together for their careers in Pittsburgh, although Kenny – God, it's hard when you're thinking Pickett's and Pickens. Pickett and Pickens. Kenny Pickett Pickett, is going to be there longer than George Pickens. Yeah, this is going to be problematic. (laughs) But, but I, I, this is the time. Deontay Johnson has the contract, but Pickens has the talent, and Pickens has the upside, and this is the year for him to step up. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Yeah, say that. Uh, Pickens and Pickett and Pittsburgh. Can you say that three times fast? All right. And Pickens and Pickett and Pittsburgh. Yep, and you're you're such a Steelers fan. I mean, you really are. Whenever there's an in doubt moment, you 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 always make a Steeler. You always do. When in doubt, go with your favorite team, the Steelers. That's right up the road that you don't want. Yeah, you're gonna let you there, huh? Uh, But yeah, I hear you there. I think you're right on 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 right on. You know, on point there with what you're saying about Pickens. I think the fact that Chase Claypool's out of there. He doesn't have to worry about that. He gets the full offseason of being the guy with Deontay Johnson. I would expect his role to pick up in a big way. Because like you said, too, he's a, he's a get, he showed us number one receiver traits last year. I would think they're going to formulate more of the offense around him. And then, of course, with Kenny Pickett being in year two, he showed promise. Uh, I could see that being. I could see Pickens being the lead receiver on that football team this year. I wouldn't be shocked if that happened, Mike. So I'm with you there. Um Woo. Some good ones to pick here, really. I, I think I, I think I will go to Christian Watson and Green Bay. And I and, and I'd like to state, first off, he stepped up a little bit last year after a rough start. I, I mean, I think he showed w- what he's all about a little towards the end of the year. I mean, w- what was it? He scored a touchdown in like, what, seven out of eight games or something like that. It was four games in a row at one point. But I say that more because of the quarterback situation. I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, Watson's got to be a guy that yeah, he can't drop balls, and he's going to have to make some plays, and he's capable of that. I think it's a guy that's got superstar talent, and I think we saw that last year. I mean, there's again, it's, it goes back to our point we've talked about with Dalvin Cook and things like that. There's only a number of people in football that you can go, here's the ball, and you can score from wherever. And Christian Watson showed the ability to be that guy last year. Slant route, boom, I'm up the sidelines, gone for a touchdown. Post route, against the Cowboys, gone. See you later, bye-bye. I mean, he's got that type of superstar-type talent here, and he's going to have to show that to, to bring Jordan a love and that offense along, along this year. 
nine touchdowns in 48 touches last year. He came on late, and he would have had he would have had ten touchdowns if he didn't drop the one that was in his hands first snap of the <laughs> yeah. season when he blew past Patrick Peterson. I'm telling you, I wonder how differently the rest of the year goes for him, for Aaron Rodgers, for the Green Bay Packers, if that play works, and is Rodgers still in Green Bay? if that play had worked and they'd won that game and they'd gotten off to a different start with a different vibe and a different level of connection between Rodgers and Watson. I'll go Sky Moore. We were talking yesterday, and we've been talking repeatedly about the potential fit in Kansas City for DeAndre Hopkins. Not that Sky Moore is that kind of player, but if Moore steps up, you don't need yeah. a DeAndre Hopkins. Right. If it's Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, Travis Kelsey, because Kelsey's kind of already what Hopkins would be, best case scenario. A big slot guy. That's right. That's what Kelsey is. Right. And so yes, you get right. Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony on the outside, and Travis Kelsey's roaming freely in the middle of the field. Yeah, I, I think that's very fair. That's right. And then Sky Moore, too, you know, I think there's a hope that he can be that slot guy to work the middle of the field, too, and be that guy as well. You know, so I I hear you there, but yeah, I, I think it is important that he he carves out a role that's significant within that offense. Not that he has to have ninety receptions or a hundred receptions or anything like that, but be a guy that we all go, ooh, wait, the Kansas City's got a good number two or three there, and Sky Moore that can do a little bit of everything, right? And that you know that's where I I do think the they'll continue to evaluate. We know that. I think that's why they drafted the Rasheed Rice too, to your point, because he could be that big slot guy that can be like a Juju Smith-Schuster-like presence there. He's great after the catch too. Uh, but yeah, Sky Moore, I think, is going to have to carve out a role. I'm, I'm with you there, Mike. Um, I think, the, I mean, there, there's some good ones here. You know, I don't want to pick Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave because I, I feel like they stepped up last year. I know that we could talk about them in that way again this year, but damn, they were good. I, you know, I think I'm going to go to Tyquan Thornton here next. Tyquan Thornton is a guy that I look at to go, hey, a little bit controversial uh, being picked at the second round. I don't know if, you know, most people thought he was worthy of that, but when you look at the Patriots roster and what they got, they got some good receivers. They don't have a guy that you go, whoa, he scares me to death, or whoa, we better back up or he's going to run by us. And that's what he can be. And I think they got to have him step up and scare people a little bit in that element, whether it's you know reverse speed sweeps or go routes and running by people. But it's a part of, I think Mac Jones has improved as a deep ball thrower, and it's a part of their offense that they need this year to take some pressure off of everything else. He, he Tyquan Thornton's got to have a big year. Yeah, and look, this gets into that whole Patriots, is it an error of drafting? Is it insufficiency yeah. in development? Are they patient enough with these guys? But you're right, they need some help there. I will go with, and, and look, I, I appreciate that Pete does a very thorough job of listing options for us, but when, the, when Garrett Wilson was the Offensive Rookie of the Year, I think it's, it's, uh, it's hard to say he needs to step up. He's already stepped up. I don't think Wilson needs to do anything more than just do what he did last year. Alec Pierce of the Colts, mm. especially with Anthony Richardson there, he needs help from his receivers. And Pierce was a guy they really liked last year. He had 41 catches for 593 yards in 16 games with Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger and Nick Foles out there at various times. With Richardson and that rocket arm, it's time for somebody to get down the field and get open and go get the ball when Richardson throws it and Pierce has the opportunity to step up into a key role for the Colts. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I mean, uh, you know, the Paris Campbell's gone. 
right? We know it's the Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce show at receiver. I, he's got size, speed. He's a good route runner. You know, it seems like it'd work there with Richardson. Run the ball, run the ball. You know, a little bit like Philly. Okay, now we got one-on-one on the outside, and this guy, you know, can get open against man-to-man coverage and has that type of talent. I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm a big fan of Alec Pierce. I really am. And, yeah, I think he's going to be showing a lot of people how talented he is if he gets the opportunities with, with throwing the football and how they play in, in, in Indianapolis. But uh, that is definitely a, a guy that got to have a big year, and they need that other weapon other than the run game and Richardson and the pass. They need something there in that pass game that scares people. Um, I guess I think that's three rounds. Oh, that's okay. We're going to go so one more? You want to go more? another one? One more. All right. Well, I mean, Drake London is one I think we both agree on, right? Or maybe we just talk. We don't have to draft. We can just talk about it. But Drake London, right? He's a guy I'd – I mean, you go rookie quarterback, Bijan Robinson at running back, right? We got Kyle Pitts who's injured but sounds like he's going to be ready to go by the start of the year and training camp and all that. I would think Drake London is going to be leaned on early, early on, especially with as well they run the ball. He's going to have those one-on-one matchups outside. Uh, I expect Drake London to to come through in a big way for the Falcons this year. And look, John Mechie's on the list. Yeah, and I don't want to put too much on a guy who missed all of last year because of cancer. This is more of an opportunity. This is found money for him and the Texans. Anything he does this year is a bonus. So it's not really needs to step up but has a hell of an opportunity because I think the bar is low. We're not going to expect a guy who's come back from cancer to go out there and tear up the league. But if he does, if he has a big year, if he ends up becoming C.J. Stroud's favorite target and puts up big numbers, he's going to be somebody that we we champion and we herald and that we, we you know, I, I'm always a big fan of, of anyone who has a public cancer battle, whether they choose to make it public or not. But when you're an athlete or a coach, it's kind of hard to keep it quiet. It serves as inspiration and motivation for all the millions of other people who are fighting that horrible, awful disease privately. And and I know from when my mom had it, if there was somebody out there like Jim Valvano at the time, if there's somebody out there who's going through the same thing, it really gives them. I've told Ron Rivera this. It gives people something they can cling to by way of hope yeah, yeah. and incentive. Right. So it would be a, a great story if John Mechie has a big year because then people will know his story and it will inspire others who are currently fighting cancer to keep fighting. It's not easy. Keep going and you can get back to a normal life. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm root, I think we're all rooting for John Mechie. Mechie, Mechie, I'm the I always butcher his name there. But yeah, and, and to your point, Mike, he, you know, I think has a chance to really carve out. I mean, it, it's wide open season there. There's no go to guy in Houston. Robert Woods, Nico Collins, they drafted Tank Dell. From Houston in the middle of the draft. I mean, so there's, there's, I, I would think it's open season there as far as no slot guy. You know, I think they're just going to, hey, whoever competes and plays the best in training camp preseason. And Michi seems like he's the perfect slot type receiver to fit that role. He's smart. We know he knows how to run routes coming out of Alabama. I'm rooting for him. And I think he's got a chance to, yeah, be that 
kind of out of the nowhere, 70, 80 reception type of guy. Uh, I think he does have that type of potential. Wandell, All right, uh, Wandell Robinson, on. another guy, Mike. That's the last guy I'll throw out there. Wandell, Rob- Wandell Robinson of the Giants, second round pick. Uh, you know, last year got hurt. So, and of course, we know the Giants' receiving core. It, it's improved, but it's it's not superstar. He's a guy too that, like like Amici, is a slot receiver that is very important to the Brian Dayball New Englandish type of offense. Uh, they certainly could use his help in New York too. All right, uh, the Vikings reportedly are getting calls about Daniil Hunter. Now, look, anytime one of the insiders reports that a team is getting calls about a player, I wonder whether the truth is the team is making calls about the player and or hoping to get calls about the player. Insiders have been used before that way, and it will happen again where somebody from a team will plant this story, and it makes it easy when you've got a small army of reporters who are being paid by the NFL, makes it easier for those teams to expect them to say, yes, I'll hold my nose and do it, even if I know there's a grift going on here. But Vikings getting calls about Daniil Hunter, I think it's more along the lines of Vikings would like to get calls about Daniil Hunter and or are getting ready to make calls about Daniil Hunter because you operate from a position of strength if you're the one who receives the call versus being the one who makes the call. It's a very basic negotiating reality. But, you know, just like with Zadarius Smith, I've always felt like in this offseason that Hunter is in this bucket of guys who may not have a future in Minnesota. Smith, Hunter, Dalvin Cook. So we'll see if he's still there. He... He set the record for the most sacks in NFL history before turning 25, but then yeah. he had that neck injury a couple of years ago. I, I think he'd had enough of Mike Zimmer as well. I think that was part of it, frankly. And, uh, you know, he's been off track the past the past few years. Although, look, he did have 10.5 sacks last year, quietly 10.5 sacks yeah. for one of the worst defenses in football. The question becomes, one more year with him in Brian Flores' defense, or do they move him to someone else it's only five and a half million this year. Uh, that, that seems wrong. That seems low. I, I that, that's where I'm. I mean, it, you know, put this again, another one under the category of like, it, it just feels like Minnesota's not sure what they want to do. Like, if they want to try to be a contender this year, or if they want to try to build for the future, I, I think it's similar to the Dalvin Cook situation. Five point five million dollars for the second most important position in football. The guy that gets after the quarterback and he's kind of good at it. And your defense stunk last year? I, I don't know. And like we talked about, you arguably could be the fourth best team in the NFC. you know. And if somebody gets hurt or whatever and a quarterback gets hurt, I don't know, maybe you're all of a sudden the third or second best team in the NFC. That's where I just I, – I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. You know, now maybe they like Wonum. I know he's a he's a solid, good physical player. You know, but yeah, it seems like the Vikings, your football team, there's a little stuck in like, wait, do we want to be real good this year, or do we want to, or, or or are we just going to be okay good, and we'd rather plan for the future? And it's it's almost like they're not sure what the hell to do here in this situation. He signed a solid contract early. Yeah. Not a great contract. Right. And I think that a few years in, he started to realize. Like, yeah. he was at 14, and then Joey Bosa gets to 27. Yeah. Something's wrong right. with this picture. And, and, and that's when I think things began to fall off. And it is $4.9 base salary, $500,000 
in per-game roster bonuses, $100,000 off-season workout bonus. Max is out at 5.5. They gave him a big chunk of money last year as part of a restructuring bonus. So that helps explain why it's low this year. I don't know why you'd... Again, if the Vikings are going to keep him, there's no reason for the Vikings to leak that they're getting calls about Daniil Hunter. No. Maybe the agent is putting it out there because the thought would be if he gets traded, he gets a new contract now instead of waiting until after the season. But, you know, maybe the Vikings are thinking, let's sell. Let's sell while we can. Yeah. In lieu of having him leave in free agency, let's get something now. The defense isn't going to be any worse than it was last year without him. And and maybe he's still got an issue. Like, he got enough money last year to hold it together and have 10.5 sacks. Now he sees he's only getting 5.5 this year. Maybe they're thinking this is just going to be a problem year. Let's let's go ahead and move him. Regardless, anytime anyone reports that a team is getting calls about a player, don't accept that at face value. There's something more going on there. Because if the team was committed to keeping him, it wouldn't be a story. They wouldn't feel compelled to tell anyone they're getting calls. They would just keep going about their lives because they want to keep the player and they don't want the relationship to be disrupted by the idea that he's available in trade. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's a little odd. And, and at the same time, I want to be like, I, I don't know. Does, when you do all this stuff, does it really help out the trade? I almost feel like you're better off being quiet and acting like you really want the guy. I feel like when we start to go down this you know, road of, of like, oh, we're going to let teams know we're available, everybody goes, well, they don't want them, so we'll just sit back and wait. Right. I mean, it never seems to really you know, come in or, or, or really turn into anything there. Um, I, it, it's, it's odd. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a team that, that was good last year. I know that their record was probably better than they actually were. Um, but, yeah, it seems like they're a little bit scared, planning for the future. I don't know what the exact deal is with Daniel Hunter. He did have the neck injury, right? We know that's concerning always to football teams. And I think there was a time there where we were like, wait, is this guy ever going to be back? Can he be full go and really effective again? But I think he proved that last year. So, yeah, I'm a little surprised to hear about Daniel Hunter. Daniel Hunter, and then you just signed a guy in Marcus Davenport who – you give a one-year deal to who's got a little injury history too. Then that's where I go. I just I don't know. That's where it doesn't make sense to me as well. You you know I I I, I don't know. I just don't know exactly what they're doing there in Minnesota. Davenport's got an injury waiver in his contract tied to his shoulder, and there was a weird delay when he agreed to terms. And it was his contract and his injury waiver that got my spider sense tingling a week and a half ago with the whole Jimmy G thing. Let me get the contract and see what's in there. So Davenport, but for that, I might not have even thought, let's go get this contract and look at it. But he definitely has a pre-existing shoulder condition. He had surgery, and the Vikings have protection against that as they move forward on this one-year deal. The Vikings are in a weird spot right now. We talked about this as it relates to Dalvin Cook. How much of it is self-awareness that they know they're not an elite team, so they're not trying to go all in, F them picks, Rams style. How much of it is surrendering prematurely? That's the balance yeah, here. I think that's a fair Are way to say it. Are they content right. to be just good enough, or do they have the uncanny ability to discern they're not going to be great enough? And, you know, we, we've been advocating don't get rid of Dalvin Cook because when you're in a division where and a conference where it really is wide open. There's the Eagles, the 49ers, and everybody else. 
if either or both of those teams fall off at all, somebody from everybody else is going to have it fall together as the season goes along. They'll get better as the season goes along. They'll have breaks. They'll build momentum. And maybe the Vikings just think, we can't pull an inside straight two straight years. We're not going to have these close games that we just keep winning. It's impossible to think that's going to happen. I'd hate to see them surrender that territory and give up and concede we're going to be bad this year. But you know what? This is an indication. I had somebody tell me this years ago. One of the worst things a new regime can do is have a successful first year. Yeah. Because then that sets a bar for the next year. An unfair, unrealistic bar that they're not going to be able to meet. And then by year three... You're starting to inch toward the hot seat if you don't have a year the third time around like the first year. Yeah, no, I, I think that's real. It is. Uh, I, and, and, yeah, I, I just I guess where I go with the Vikings, I mean, you explained it right. I think that's exactly where it seems like it lies to me. I'm just, you know, I guess I'm surprised, like, some of these decisions or things weren't made, like, in March or April or, like, what, what why – why didn't we get it going then with Daniel Hunter and all that before the draft, early free agency, whatever? Uh, I guess that's where I, I think it kind of shocks me, too, that it's it's all come to a head here in the last month, and it just seems a little late to go, hey, wait, we don't know if we're going to be a contender now, so we'd like to start trimming the fat here and there and there and there. And uh, that's where it just seems odd to me. Let's go to take a break. Before we get there, though, is there something I'm missing? No. Okay. Uh, human composting is what we were talking about earlier, and your instincts are right on the money. Captain Planet, just dig a hole and be thrown in it like Billy Bats. No casket, no anything, no embalming. Human composting is the practice of breaking down human remains into fertile soil. The Green Burial Movement, which is at the forefront of human composting, is an initiative dedicated to offering more eco-friendly options for the disposal of body after death. There are many methods. Having the body buried without embalming, using biodegradable caskets, or even avoiding caskets altogether. That sounds like what you will be doing. That comes from WebMD, by the way. Thank you very much. Yep, that sounds more like me. That sounds like Captain Planet. To infinity and beyond. So, on what should be a a happy day for me. Right. We're uh, thinking about wearing to bury you. We're thinking about wearing to bury you in a few years. No, no, we're we're talking about about where to bury you. I'm the one who has a spleen. Maybe you should be thinking about it more than I am. Yeah, maybe you're right. You're right. I I got no spleen, and uh, there's definitely some things in my life that are probably not good for me. But I'm, I'm more of a... A quality over quantity guy anyways. That's the way I've always been, and that's the way I'll go down swinging and fighting here. <laughs> that's, you know, I've been saying that a lot lately. Like, <laughs> Until like, you, you got know, old. Cigar time. <laughs> yeah. should, you, should you really smoke a cigar? It's like, hey, you know, something's going to get me at some point. Like, you know, should you really have another glass of wine? Got to die sometime. Kids got to learn sometime. That's right. Kids got to die sometime. That's too. right. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> It's saying, <laughs> Dr. Doom striketh. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Dr. Doom returns after the break because the Jaguars are making a big deal about their new stadium. They're leaving out one very important factor. Who's going to pay for it? We'll discuss that next year on PFT Live. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight... Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality, so we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. 
That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.